Welcome to Disaffected. My name is Shelby. I'm the manager of the show, and it is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Slocum and Kevin Hurley. Thank you, Shelby. (laughs) Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Shelby. Well, you're out of character already. That was quick. What do you mean out of character? I just sent her out of the room. She's so quick. I, we need more extended extended sessions with Shelby. I mean, it's really, it's just the part. She'd come for a one-liner and then she's gone every time. I yeah, think well, the whole five-minute segment. She know. should make phone calls. <laughs> Customer service. To bank a, oh, believe me, she makes phone calls. <laughs> any company with DEI should have a call. Any company DEI adjacent. I don't know what the word is. You get phone calls from Shelby, automatic, robotized, all day, all night. Exactly. So we are doing an audio-only episode for the first time in quite a while. Thank you for joining us. And we are in a new space. You guys can't see this. Maybe at some point we'll do one where where you can see it too. But then it wouldn't be audio-only, would it? Anyway, Kevin has been bussing his tail on our physical studio here in Burlington. And you've already seen... Uh, the new set, the background that we've got uh, for the TV show that goes out on Sunday. But there's this lovely little corner that I'm sitting at right now with its own desk, its own mixer, a comfortable chair. It's just for audio. It's delightful. So we're having a good time, and I I hope you have a good time, too. So, Kevin, let's talk about the election. Uh, I I wanted to go go back to the equipment for just one second. (laughs) Of course you want to go back to the equipment. (laughs) Just one second. Um... It's it's the perfect it's the perfect design or the perfect like layout that sort of like outsources all of the technology. So a lot of the things that I've been operating from here, you now can just go in and do without yep. needing to involve me, um, which is lovely. I don't know. Uh, if, I don't know if most people know that when we record the TV show, you've been here in Burlington. You you actually live in New York State, but you've been here in Burlington uh, for weeks although you're not here now, uh, working on this stuff. But ordinarily, when we record the TV show, Kevin's sitting in New York State and I'm sitting here. We're not actually in the same room together. Uh, So you do all of this stuff, but this new setup is going to allow me to control some of it too and hopefully take some of that burden off you. And cleaner on the audio, um, just not having, you know, easier just to kind of reconfigure it to record what, what needs to be recorded. You know, right now we're sitting in Discord um, and... You sound, you sound like you're on a, you know, headset right in the same room as me. Um, Welcome to the delicious dish mm-hmm. from National Public Radio. Built for your NPR voice. I know that was mommy time. Sorry, the elections. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah, the election. The, <laughs> this is the election that never ends. Um, it. it I, I'm still I'm still on my bullshit about the fact that it's the 14th and we still don't know who has control of Congress. Apparently, Can we wait a little longer. <laughs> it, Are we there yet? Again, for those of you who did not see the show, the TV show this past Sunday, this is a new normal 
in the United States. It's not something it's not something we had historically. This idea that you go to bed on election night and do not know the results is a new thing. And I realize that the year 2000 is very ancient history for younger people, but it's not actually ancient history to a lot of us. And that was the first time that we we had that problem. That was the hanging Chad debacle where they could not interpret the ballots in the presidential contest between George W. Bush and Al Gore, and it went on for five weeks. But that was the turning point that, unless I'm wrong, and... Well, I was, you know, was going to say, I mean, I don't remember anything before that, but I would love to hear, I would love a history lesson in any examples of, you know, anything similar, you know, even even outside of the U.S., um, you know, I wonder, well, we've been I wonder we've been getting other... comments on the we've been getting comments on YouTube on Sunday's show from people who are outside the U.S. <clears throat> got one from Denmark, got a couple from the U.K. and and those people have said this never happens here. We've never had anything like this. We ballot on paper; it's counted the same night. We get the results the same it's night. Always been. we used it, to it, get that here too. Mm-hmm. It is so bothersome how quickly we humans adapt to new circumstances without objection you know we we well it's not just that we adapt we adapt and we immediately forget that the standards have changed it just i'm just looking for is there any limit is there any limit to what people won't take what will push them too far i mean look look at the look at the results that we've got so far it we are so close. This shouldn't even be close. With everything that Joe Biden's administration has done to wreck the economy, wreck the Constitution, uh, wreck people's lives with this bloody dangerous vaccine, uh, wreck children, positively endorse on White House letterhead and on White House video the sexual mutilation of children that they insist on calling loving, gender-affirming care— this has been going on and it's been in people's faces solidly for the past couple of years, and yet it's still this close. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am more blackpilled today than I was a week ago. I, I think even I think even less of the American electorate, and I didn't think I could think less. What's yeah, right. And it's it's the electorate, right? I mean, so you like two possibilities. Say one, you know, there was fraud and cheating. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any evidence. But, like, you know, why does it take so hard? Why, why does it take so long to count in the millions? I mean, the millions isn't really that much. It's adding, you know, like you said, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, one, two, three, four, it's five. Not, it's not like this. This isn't complicated math, right? And it's made to be complicated, you know. Um, this is, I have a scientific calculator that could do this, right? Uh, yeah, um, I have a pencil and paper that could do it. I've got a I've got a non-scientific calculator that could do it. <laughs> so what yeah. why now does it take so long? Like what okay, okay, fine. It's happening. Like we accept that it's happening. It is taking this long. Now, you know, to act, We can't know. They won't let us know. know right? and they, they, well, I don't remember the guy's name, but that 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 official with Maricopa County Elections in Arizona um was was talking to reporters the other night, actually acting insulted and offended that people mm-hmm. were demanding to know why the results weren't there. He acted like that was an illegitimate question. 
like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Who do you think you are? You are not the king of elections. <laughs> who was saying this? Um, who was saying this the other day? Don't these? No, they don't. These people do. They call themselves and we call them public servants, but they're actually public monarchs. They think we are their servants. We, the people, are their servants. You know, we're getting above our station by expecting election results on that night, by expecting something other than the the rank incompetence. I picture him like 55, bald, kind of, you know, not tall, but, you know, not, not, you know, maybe taller side with big black, like shiny bald, you know, with big black, (laughs) thick plastic Big black what? Glasses. Glasses. Big black glasses. Whims. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not actually he i mean you're you're right he's a middle-aged guy but he's he, he looks more yeah he's he's not but it doesn't really matter what he looks like um but yeah i i don't understand this and <sighs> it's, he can tell you no he gets like this little glimmer this little you know how mm. dare you <laughs> I, I don't know how to express this. It's it's so frustrating because I do suspect fraud and tampering. I do ex- I do suspect that's going on. But I also suspect slash know th- that the American electorate is really, really in a bad way. And I don't like <clears throat> I don't like this uncertainty. And it's not a question of it's not a question of being, you know, well, you know, life isn't certain and sometimes things are ambiguous. No, 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 no. It's not about that. This is about a system that used to work within living memory in this country that now does not work and we're expected to act like it never worked before. There is a way to know this stuff, but we're just not allowed to know. What exactly became so complicated about counting simple votes the ballot counting what became so complicated about it that it now takes you know all of this time right uh, you know the argument i think is going to be you know mail-in ballots but if if they're all received and i know there are some states where it doesn't need to be received by election day just postmarked uh, which is complete bullshit which is complete bullshit but even forgetting that you know um what takes so what, what if they're all received on a certain day well then they're all in a pile so count them just like you always have just like any ballot that was cast that day it's already there because it got delivered um now for the other states fine but i mean they should be able to get it down you know do they know how many outstanding votes they have how many outstanding ba- ballots rather you know how many are still coming in and it's all confusing and you know i don't understand how dare how, you ask that kevin how yeah, dare how, you ask that all of them are tied to a specific voter. Like I would, I would like the voters to be able to be verified after, you know, after they're separated from the envelope in the case of mail-in ballots. Well, I don't know how that's possible, but I don't understand what I'm talking about. So it's, it's yeah. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about that, but Oh, Oh, so we saw this, we saw this with the 2020 election with Biden where midnight would roll around and all of a sudden a hundred thousand ballots would be found and they'd all be for the same candidate. I mean, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Are Yeah. I guess these people actually do expect us to believe that. 
apparently they really do expect us to believe that. I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, you you know, because they sort of inoculated for the situation ahead of time by telling you what to expect. Yeah, we got prepped at least three or four days by the mainstream media. Why it's normal that you're not going to know the election results that night and why that's a good thing. Just as so many people were predicting, they absolutely prepped us. And I don't know. Well, okay, so you're the one who is more conspiracy minded than I am. That's not a slam. I'm just describing the difference between us. Um, but when I see stuff like this, I'm coming, I'm really coming over to your side, Kevin, because I just don't buy this. It doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah. You just have to admit you're wrong and repent. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really matter if I'm right or if I'm wrong, because if I think it, a lot of others think it, and I don't know what to think. I don't even, I, you know, I. I don't know if I think it's, you know, one sort of isolated entity or like lots of entities or just like the organic result of corruption all around. Um, So it's not really a conspiracy theory. It's just like a theory of like what the state of reality is versus, you know, how I, 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 I don't know that like you know, anyone got together in a room, but uh, of course I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know the negative of that either, because of I mean, course. that's one thing people like to do is get together and conspire. I do. <laughs> what these people don't seem to understand, these people who are running our elections, or maybe they understand this, but they simply don't care. This kind of civic infrastructure must be beyond reproach and above suspicion. That is an absolute essential requirement. That's step one. It has to be above suspicion. Uh, Let me give you an example. Yeah, there's a high standard, but like they don't they don't care at all. Um, So like the idea of holding it to a high standard is so far outside their framework um, because they don't care if it looks bad because it does look bad. Right. You know, it's okay. Let me give an example from the nonprofit world. So uh, the nonprofit world that thank God I'm only going to be working in for another month and a half. Um. When you run a nonprofit, by law, your books have to be open to the public. Your bookkeeping, your accounting must be publicly inspectable. That is as it should be. Because why? Why do nonprofits have to do this when corporations don't? Because we don't pay taxes as nonprofits. We have the privilege of not paying taxes because we're we're doing a charitable service, but our responsibility for that privilege is that we have to be an open book. I support this ethically. I support it legally. But I've had to explain to many people in the universe that I work in who are volunteers, you know, they don't understand this stuff because they they don't need to know all the legal stuff and it's not their job. But I've had had people... um, within the federation that I work for who who run their own small nonprofits, they'll say, hey, Josh, um, somebody just said they wanted to see our, our Form 990, and that's the nonprofit's equivalent of a tax return. Or they wanted to see our profit and loss statement from last year. And sometimes people say, I don't know, can we give that out? Do we have to give that out? Do they really have the right to look at that? And so I have to explain to people, yes, Yes, they do have the right to look at it. And more than that, I want to encourage you to embrace that, right? This should not, you know, and I understand where it comes from because most people only experience uh, 
disclosing bookkeeping on a personal level. They're thinking about their own personal household finances, and they're reacting the way they would react if somebody said, I need to see your checking account balance. Well, of course you'd be outraged by that. Who the hell do you think you are? But your nonprofit's books are not your personal books. Um, you are doing, you are going out to the public and you are asking them for money and you are promising the public when you donate to me, when you donate to the organization rather, you can take a tax deduction and we're going to do this charitable thing. So, you know, your donors or any person, they don't have to be a donor. Anyone can ask you, uh, to look at your financial statements. Whose 990s would you like to see? Right. Well, the other thing about the 9... I'll, I'll stop this because nobody wants to hear about this, but the 990 is, in fact, self-reporting. So, you know, you can you can cover up a lot of sins on a 990. But at any rate, that is the kind of ethos that people in our election system should have. And they don't have it, but the electorate doesn't demand it of them either. Yeah, well, I mean... You know, it's a pick a mix every week, every soundbite of every screaming girl or, you know, sanctimonious, you know, mask, beard, sort of um, gender affirming combo that you come up with for soundbites. It's just like a, it's a, it's a buffet of <laughs> every, every flavor in the rainbow you're describing now. Yeah. Oh, well, that, and that gives me an opportunity to tell you about <clears throat> my encounter at the post office today. We is going to go to commercial now. Thank you. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Abuse tactics like gaslighting, reversals, briar patching, and candy cottaging are just a few of the tools used by psychological abusers. Join the Disaffected Podcast for a conversation about how these dark and disordered abuse dynamics have escaped the home and now dominate our public discourse. Let's break the spell. And we're back. Now, before I came in to the studio tonight, um... I had to take some stuff over to the post office that I had to send by certified mail. Now, <clears throat> there's a guy who works at the post office. Uh, he's not the only one, but I see him most frequently. He is he is a complete masketarian. From the moment, from the moment that people started wearing masks, he was the first one in there to put them on. And you could tell that he was just in his glory when the post office made it a it made it mandatory for you to wear a mask to which, come in. Which post office is this? South Burlington. OK, I, I, I thought I knew. I thought I knew the guy. <laughs> I know, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there, there's probably more than one guy. This is yeah. Burlington, after all. Don't forget. And a post office. <laughs> and a post office. It's the U.S. government. Uh, in his absolute glory, loved it. And for, for a couple of years there, um, the post office rule was only three people in the lobby. So if there were more than three people in there, you had to stand on the other side of the glass out the bank of post office boxes. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. But I go in. It hasn't been there hasn't been a mask rule at the post office for months and months and months. But um 
Mr. Mr. Dude there has been wearing his face. And it's not just it's not just a surgical mask. It's one of those and it's black, of course. It's one of those N95s with a you can tell he's he's got a real tight seal on that thing, right? Ain't no air getting in and out of that thing. <laughs> they still have the plexiglass in directly in front of the register at the post office. And they still have signs that are I, that are directing you where to go. And I hate being directed where to go. I just cannot stand it. Um, and they say, please stand in front of the plexiglass. So I'm, I'm three people back in line, and there's a lady up at the counter. She also has a mask stuck to her face like an alien face hugger, you know, real tight seal. Um, <laughs> we're down to the real paranoiacs at this point. When you see people in masks around here, these people aren't fucking around, okay? That, that shit is sealed. <laughs> When they've got them unsealed, you know they're dedicated. It's it's not just, you know, they're going the whole way. Yeah, yeah, they really believe it. They really, really believe it. Um, and I don't care that they believe it because they're deluded, uh, but they believe it. And she's got her mask on, and she's complaining about how she was wanted to pick up a pass, uh, package in Essex Junction, but then she couldn't do it, and then she couldn't do the thing online, and why can't they just let her go online and make it come here? And the guy's trying to explain to her, I can't do that, I don't have access to that, said so blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this three-minute conversation goes on between the two of them, and she's not standing in front of the plexiglass, okay? She's, she's just right there. They're a foot away from each other while they're talking to each other. Finally, she gets her business done, leaves. They are both masked. They're both masked, right? I walk up there. Now, this guy has seen me. I've been working in this office, in this physical location, using this post office for 20 years. So he knows who I am. I know who he is. Um, I walk up there and I, I get my wallet out and my piece of paper out. And he starts making hand gestures at me. And he's directing me. He's, he's pointing to the sign that says, please stand behind the plexiglass. And he's gesturing with his hand. Uh, you know, for, for where I go. And Sorry, I just, sir, I didn't think it was an issue since you were just in her face, but I guess, I guess the mask. Yeah. Well, I guess the mask is what makes the, the difference. Um, I decided not to say, I mean, I, I'm really, I really dislike that. I really dislike being corralled. I am not a kindergartner. Do not tell me to line up single file. Okay. I'm an adult. You him, sir. I bet if you call him, sir. <laughs> Well, I gave him a death look. I just, I gave him that look that said, are you fucking serious? You know, uh, it's just, this, this whole area is just so annoying. Anyway, that's my masketarianism story. You want to hit on big boob, boobalicious teacher that we talked about on Sunday? I, I definitely do. All right. I definitely do. And I have no information beyond what you uh included in in this week's show um and in fact i didn't actually even read that but i like at this point some I producer see, you are i don't see anything else it could be if it's true that this guy had some kind of maga vibe yeah uh only like a year ago and you know this there's there's no way there's no way any of this is true there's no way I mean, be, there's be, no way here. Let's let's clarify this for listeners. I think what we're talking about here <laughs> is there is a teacher. First of all, um, there's a teacher in the province of Ontario, Canada, who has been wearing a prosthetic set of breasts that are so they're comically large. It's it's like a joke that you get at Spencer's. 
Um, they're so big, they they'd be like quadruple Z cups, and they're so big that they literally hang down behind it, uh, behind <laughs> behind his belly button. Well, with the shit people are doing to their bodies these days, that's probably coming next. But it hangs down below his belly button. He also wears um, skin tight spandex. That's his bottom part, and he wears a wig. And he and he he smears lipstick on his face, and that's his gender identity, apparently. Okay, I think I like him more than you do. <laughs> okay, so but I'm just clarifying for people what it is we're talking about. the The issue that we're talking about here, some people believe that he is what they call a troll. They believe that he is doing this as a put on, that he doesn't believe it's his gender identity, and he's doing it as a protest to make the school look bad and force them to back down. That is what some people believe. I don't know what I believe, but I think that's what you're arguing. I I just don't see how it, I mean, I can't even argue. I just don't see how it could be any other way. I don't see like, he doesn't seem, he's not the same as like, you know, you get you get kind of a taste of the flavor of the psychology of a lot of the uh, troons that you deal with, right? Um, he's different, and you know why and how. Well, first of all, I don't under. I mean, first of all, you know, look at him. Look at him as like a I don't know his personality, but profile. He's a woodshop teacher. Like it's not going to be. You wouldn't be shocked to find a woodshop teacher who has kind of a libertarian, sure, you know, yeah, you know, or religious vibe, um, you know. And I, if if it's true that he was seen that way not long ago, then what other than other than to do, you know, maybe he's trying to get to an end result. He may want them to fire him, right? right? Um, because that would be, you know, he wants to force them to fire him just to create a precedent perhaps. Um, and they won't. <laughs> right. So, so the kids have to be in on it. I, you know, it's just, it's, it's so over, they're not even, you know, he, he actually is, is annoying as it is. And I understand that people have the argument that yes, the kids are still being involved. You know, yeah, he's they are. Forcing them. He's, I'm, I'm I'm less sympathetic to that because at this point, like everyone's involving them in all of their political arguments and mm. their political demonstrations. Anyway, it's kind of nice to see someone grow some balls and set a demonstration in front of the kids, how to fight back against this nonsense by rubbing it right back in their faces. And like, to that extent, like he's willing to stand up and take the unpopular position and really go over the top. And I think that ultimately, like, even though it's vulgar, like, there's something behind it that's like a a, a good example. No, I, uh, I I agree with you philosophically. I agree with you philosophically, but I am going to remind that we do not know that this is the case. Okay, no, right. the, we, we do don't not. know that, and and I yeah, there are a lot of I've and I've been getting the messages too. I've been seeing it in Discord. Um, uh, listener, viewer, commenter, show member, who you know, whoever you may be out there wanting to say this is a troll. I understand that that's a possibility, but you do not know this. People need to be less confident. Um, they're going to be like, well, I heard it on this one, so I know it. No, you don't actually know it. It's a possibility. It's not been proven. But here's the point to me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because whether he's genuine in his own personal predilections or whether he is doing this to make a point, the fact is the school cannot be shown up. That's what we talked about on the show this Sunday. They refuse to condemn this. It doesn't matter what his personal emotional motivation is. 
the, he let's let's assume he's trying to show them up. Okay, right? Right. They can't be shamed. They just showed you that these these normal ways that we used to think that we could stop this shit from happening no longer work. Why? Because we don't have standards anymore. The school board actually said. Well, they lied and they said this was a grooming issue. Uh, and I don't mean grooming like like I mean actual yeah. grooming like brushing your hair, right? They acted – they're such li- they're such disingenuous liars. Well, we can't put a grooming standard in because uh, it cannot be different for the different gender identities. They're acting – this is not what this – this is not about grooming. This is about dressing like a pornified freak. They know right. that it's about dressing like a pornified freak. They don't care. They're not even going to acknowledge that they know what this is about. They had a protest there a month ago with, to my eye on the camera, there were at least two to 300 parents standing outside of that school all on camera protesting this shit. It did nothing. They don't care. What do we do now when they don't care? Well, I don't know when their election cycle is there. Um, I do know... Well, I don't know, but um, I I believe that uh, this last election cycle here in the States, we did do pretty well as far as getting uh, good school board appointments and that we did well, you know, in the school boards. Um, yep, that's I'm true. Sure I'll learn more about it, uh, you know, in the next weeks, but I, get um, you- I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, you know, but if Canadian law is such that, you know, I mean, I, I don't also know that they're not right in that they do have to behave this way because of Canadian law, in which case this is only going to get bigger. Um, right. And, you know, the hope that it's a troll is kind of a superhero fantasy because it's funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, it did it shouldn't have had to be this way, of course, but it, it was. It should have forced their hand. They should have yes, had should to have. deal with it. If anything would have forced their hand, like <laughs> this is, this would have been it. But even so, nothing. So it goes up to the next level. Um, oh, does he have? Does so. he have to show up with with a literal pocket pussy strapped to the outside of his crotch? A literal, actual fake piece of female genitalia i'm well you know what i want to see him do it now because you know what i bet kevin they won't do a fucking thing about it yeah they'll call it his gender identity no his gender identity is to show pubes on plastic (laughs) (laughs) vag vag earrings just to play it It reminds me, reminds me of all these feminists like, we need to make a vagina, not a dirty word. Well, first of all, it's never been a dirty word. But can you please stop talking about your pussy in public? If this were my perfect superhero fantasy, he would he would be gender fluid technically, right? And then when he, he would only be female, feminine, when <laughs> he was at work, he identified as a female teacher. However, in his other life, when he, you know, flips back to being masculine at night, he's actually leading the protest against this. To, you know, <laughs> that would Garrison. be so great. <laughs> this is how I want it to go. Well, you know, I mean, if we're if we're going to push this, let's let's really push it. Um, I think the next step should be multiple personality disorder. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use a bad old term. I meant dissociative identity disorder. (laughs) Do you realize how many sets 
you wouldn't just have a set of pronouns. You could have sets of pronouns <laughs> that you would expect people to believe and understand when you made your flip. You'd have so many of them, you'd have to put them on a lazy Susan and actually carry them around and spin around and select your pronouns for the different hours of the day. You could just carry index cards and flip to whoever. That is going to be next, though. I'm serious. I'm not joking. This is actually going to be next. There's going to be somebody in a position like that who claims to have, I'm not going to call it DID. I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's multiple personality disorder, which is fake, by the way. It's not real. Um, it's never been real. It's not real for anybody. I don't care. Um, it's going to be multiple personality disorder. And there's going to be a claim made that only, you know, that, that, okay, I've got 19 personalities, three of them are women, six are non-binary, the rest are all uh, men, right? And somebody is going to say, yes, I do have to go into the bathroom at lunch and change because my original personality teaches in the morning and she's a woman, but my other personality is non-binary and they teach in the afternoon. That is absolutely going to be a claim. Anybody want to make a bet with me? Mm Mm-hmm. And and it will be accepted. It will be accepted. Because there's no limits. We should end this show and probably... Yeah, probably. Do a show coming up where you can pull some people in from the uh, Discord and, um, you know, pick like two or three topics and, I don't know, do like 10 minutes each with a a conversation from some of the Discord uh, folks. Yeah, well, and... Uh, you out there in Radio Land, if you want to get in on it, you can join our Discord. All it takes is $5 a month. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Or one-off donations through PayPal to us at disaffected.fm. Get in on the good stuff. Well, Kevin, thanks very much for making a show with me. We're going to make more. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Abuse tactics like gaslighting, reversals, briar patching, and candy cottaging are just a few of the tools used by psychological abusers. Join the Disaffected Podcast for a conversation about how these dark and disordered abuse dynamics have escaped the home and now dominate our public discourse. Let's break the spell.